It's good to get the mask off. <laughs> uh, welcome to church, everyone. Uh, it's good to see you. If you're watching online, uh, welcome as well. Uh, I'm Andy. I'm uh, now the student minister here at Warunga um, Anglican in the absence of Jono. Uh, which is a bit of a shame, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll play on anyway. Uh, let me pray and, uh, and we'll get started uh, looking at God's Word. Uh, Father, thank you for all of your goodness to us. Uh, thank you, Lord, that uh, we can meet here together this morning as your church family, uh, despite what is uh, going on uh, in our city and in our state and our country uh, at the moment. We just ask, Lord, that you would help us to focus on what you have to say to us now. Amen. A man called uh, Rudyard Kipling uh, lived from 1865 to 1936. Uh, He was English, uh, but born in Bombay in India. Uh, He wrote poetry and is the author of books like uh, Captain Courageous, How the Leopard Got Its Spots, and The Jungle uh, Jungle Books, none of which I've actually read. Uh, Kipling's writings not only made him famous, but they also uh, brought him an incredible fortune. Uh, A newspaper reporter uh, once saw him on the street and went up to him and said, Mr Kipling, I just read uh, that somebody calculated that the money you make from your writing amounts to over $100 per word. The reporter reached into his pocket at that point and pulled out a $100 bill. Uh, He gave it to Mr Kipling and said, here's a $100 bill. Uh, Now give me one of your $100 words. Uh, Mr Kipling looked at the money. Uh, He put it in his pocket. He He said thanks and walked off. The word thanks is certainly a $100 word. In fact, I would say it's more like a million dollar word. Uh, It's a small word that has incredibly powerful meaning. It might only have six letters, but it gets across a message that few others are capable of achieving. Uh, When that little word is missing, uh, we feel it deeply. Uh, We might have gone out of our way to help someone, given of ourselves. We've made a a meal that's taken all day to cook. We've given uh, something of us. We all know what it's like when someone doesn't say thanks. Uh, We feel hurt, used, ignored, um, even taken for granted and wonder why we bother in the first place. Um, This morning, we're looking at being thankful, as Josh has said, Um, being thankful as a church family here in Warunga as we embark on a new year, Being uh, being thankful despite the chaos of the world that we find ourselves in. What has God done for me lately? Uh, a friend of mine once asked, and I'm, I'm sure you've, you've heard that before as well. Uh, but when we stop to think about it, God really has done a lot for us lately, as well as in our past and will do in our future. Uh, to examine this, uh, I, want, I want us to take notice of some striking similarities that we have with these 10 lepers here in uh, Luke chapter 17. So the first point I want to make is we have a common affliction Uh, These leopards had to stand a distance away from Jesus. In fact, they were not allowed to come near anybody. Uh, They had to keep a minimum of six feet from other people, including uh, family members. Um, Furthermore, lepers were not allowed to even live within uh, the walls of any city. They were outcast and completely avoided by everyone. They were uh, utterly rejected by society at large. Uh, The book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, uh, it speaks in no uncertain terms about about lepers. Uh, This is from uh, Leviticus 13. It says, As for the leper who has the affliction, his clothes shall be torn, and the hair of his head shall be uncovered, and he shall cover his moustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall live and remain unclean all of the days during which he has the infection. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. 
Leprosy uh, was one of the most feared illnesses of the time. Um, leprosy in the Bible um, refers to a wide variety of, of, in, of infectious diseases, but not just the clinical leprosy that we know today. But as you can imagine, regardless, it, it was a terrible, terrible illness. Uh, the Jews saw this disease as a curse uh, from God, and therefore only God could heal people suffering from it. Um, just imagine this for a second or two. Imagine how these people must have struggled. Uh, I'm sure their hearts must have been completely full of sorrow all the time, uh, having been banished from society and uh, being banished from their loved ones. But what about our affliction? Um, I don't think any of us here have leprosy, thank God. Uh, we may not have leprosy of the skin, sure, but we have had uh, leprosy of the soul. Physically speaking, lepers were regarded as, uh, regarded as outcasts, away from blessings and love and acceptance and all of those things that we enjoy. Um, spiritually speaking, though, the same is true of us in the eyes of God before we come to Jesus in faith. Uh, it starts in, in Eden. Um, Genesis 3.24 says, uh, So God drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned in every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Um, it continues even today. Um, Paul writes in, in Romans, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. Um, listen to these uh, words of Scripture from uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 2. Remember that you, who are now Christians... Uh, were at a time separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship of Israel, and strangers and covenants of the promise, strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope uh, and and without God in the world. Uh, we are afflicted with leprosy of the soul, and that is the condemnation of our sin. Jesus is looking for people who acknowledge their affliction for what it is. The question is, have we come to terms with the gravity of sin's affliction in our lives? But we have a common need with these lepers. They, ra they raise their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Uh, the ten lepers, they acutely understood that the only way that they were ever going to find any healing from their affliction would be through the mercy of the Lord Jesus. But what about our need? We also need healing from the leprosy of our souls. It, it sounds weird, but, but that's, that's exactly what it is. That's what we're dealing with. So often we try to, we try to heal ourselves. Um, I, was, I was walking around a bookstore the other day and there's a whole section devoted to self-help, trying to make ourselves better people. Um, we try to make ourselves better. We, we work out. We give ourselves arbitrary rules to live by uh, to be better. But there comes a point in life for all of us, each one of us, where we are confronted with the truth of the gospel and the realisation of our condition before God that only he is able to fix. We can't fix it ourselves. No amount of working out or self-help books or anything else for that matter stacks up. And so, with those lepers in verse 13, we join them saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And that is what we really need, what we really, deeply, truly need. We can never be healed except by the overflowing mercy of our Lord Jesus. 
a common definition uh, of, of mercy that I've seen bandied around the internet and other places is not getting what we do deserve. And the Bible backs that up. Um, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Uh, and that is what we rightly deserve for our rebellion against him. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love uh, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. And Paul says that in, in Ephesians chap chapter 2. But we have a common faith, uh, the leper's faith. Uh, Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests. Um, the Old Testament law prescribed that a person who uh, was healed of leprosy was to go to the priest uh, for like a, an, an inspection, an acclamation that the person was actually indeed healed of the disease. Uh, by obediently uh, going on their way to the priest, uh, the lepers were demonstrating that they had some faith in what Jesus had said to them. And Jesus doesn't reach out in this instance and touch them. He doesn't say be healed or anything like that. He tells them just to show themselves to the priest. He was telling them to act as if they were healed. Uh, and they were healed. But think about it. If they didn't have uh, faith in, in what Jesus had said, they would have probably run up near to him and, and bowed or, or begged him for a miracle. But they didn't. They didn't ask for a miracle. They asked for mercy. Uh, they didn't question Jesus' command. They just believed. And so they should have. But it seems that their faith wasn't total. It, it's a defective faith. It's a faith that kind of hedges its bets. They go off, they're healed, um, but that's all we hear from them. They don't come back. They don't seek out Jesus and say, you've changed my life. You've, everything about my life is now better because of what you've done. Thank you. It's one thing to cry out for mercy, uh, but true faith is believing the promises of God with the assurance that, he will do what, uh, that what he has said will actually be done. The ten lepers showed they had faith because they started off uh, walking to the priest as though they were already healed. But there's something to be noted here that's important. We're either going to have faith in God's promises uh, and, leading into, and leading in our lives, or we aren't. Yet we can't expect to experience anything special from God if we live our lives without faith. Uh, or with this half-hearted faith, which is hedging our bets. We're either all in, or we're all out. I'm, I'm sure this, this year is only a couple of weeks old, but I'm, I'm sure you can think of moments over the past couple of weeks where, where this is true. It's true of me, where we kind of hedge our bets just to make sure that we don't, we don't open up or we don't get hurt just that, that, that little bit more. James says uh, in James uh, chapter 1, for that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. God may yet do something magnificent in our midst, as, as he does, but it won't be because of us. It's a lot of the time, or all of the time, in spite of us. But what about our common cleansing with these, with these lepers? Um, as they were going, they were cleansed, the passage says. Um, as they were on their way to the priest, they were fully and completely healed of their horrible affliction. Uh, they were made healthy again. Uh, but what about our cleansing? Um, 
for salvation. When we put our faith in Jesus as our saviour, we are fully and completely healed of, our, of condemnation of our sin. Jesus healed their skin, but he heals our sin. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6 says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, uh, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. There is no more that needs to be done to make sure that you are saved than you are. At the cross, Jesus paid it all. It is finished, he said. Uh, the only thing uh, left now to do is apply God's saving grace personally to our lives through faith as Jesus as our saviour. And we are completely healed. But what about for, for sanctification? We all know too well that uh, although we may be justified in the eyes of God, we need cleansing and, we need cleansing and renewal on a, on a regular basis. Not for our salvation, that was settled once for all time when Jesus died on the cross but for our sanctification, our, our daily, everyday walk with the Lord. Here too, we can find mercy in the exercise of our faith to find our cleansing. Um, one of my favourite verses in the Bible, 1 John 1, uh, 1 John 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Friends, Jesus is looking for those willing to accept his full and complete cleansing. So, do we have a common response with these lepers? Uh, the one, one of them, definitely. Uh, it says in the passage, now, now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, he turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. He acknowledged his healing, unlike the other nine, this is the first step. He had, eyes, uh, he had his eyes open to the good thing, the great thing that had happened to him. So often, God does good things in our lives, but we hardly ever take notice of them. Um, preparing this last 10 days uh, to preach today, I was reminded of how many good things that I take for granted each day. Uh, the wonderful blessings of, of our God, uh, my wife, Jade, uh, my family, each one of you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus. Uh, but this one leper turned back. It might have been an in, a bit of an inconvenience for him to go backward on his journey to find Jesus. It may have been an inconvenience to part company with his only friends at the time. Um, wouldn't you have wanted to hurry up to get to the priest to make it official that you were cleansed, you were good to go re-enter society? This man didn't. He glorifies God openly. Uh, he didn't keep this praise to himself. Uh, he was a bold testimony of God's mercy and his goodness. Um, he fell at Jesus' feet and gave thanks. He gave honour and thanks to the one who rightly deserves it, and that is Jesus. But the nine lepers and their lack of response, it is amazing that there were nine others who didn't return to Jesus uh, to, to say thanks for what he had done. Um, I was wondering why only the one uh, had returned, and I, I guess we'll, we'll never really know, uh, but I think we can sometimes be the same way, expecting good things to happen and failing to acknowledge God's good blessing in our lives. Um, here at church, at home, with kids and grandkids and uh, wherever we find ourselves, really. 
In his, uh, in his book, uh, Folk Psalms of Faith, uh, this man, Ray Steadman, he uh, tells of an experience uh, this man, H.A. Ironside, had in a crowded restaurant. Uh, just as Ironside was about to begin his meal, uh, a man approached him and asked if he could join. Kind of weird, but that's how the story goes. Ironside invited uh, this guy to have a seat opposite him, and uh, then, as was his custom, Ironside bowed his head in prayer to say, um, to give thanks to God for the food. Uh, when he opened his eyes, the other man asked, do you have a headache? Ironside replies, no, I don't. The other man asked, well, is there something wrong with your food? Ironside replied, no, I was simply thanking God, as I always do, for my food. And the man said, oh, you're one of those. Okay. Well, I want you to know that I never give, you, I never give thanks. I earn my money by the sweat of my brow, and I don't give thanks to anybody when I eat. I just get right in. And Ironside turned around and said, yeah, you're just like my dog. That's what he does too. Funny how we can sometimes be like that man's dog, unfortunately. I want to challenge us as a church family uh, here at Wurrungar Anglican in 2022 to be a family who is defined by thankfulness to our God for all the good things that he gives us. So just in in way of, of bringing this to an end... I've got a couple of points. The first, is, uh, the first of which is God can be thanked and praised regardless of our circumstances. The leper came back praising God after he realised that he had been healed. Um, job, family, friends, home, etc. So can we in all of our circumstances. We can focus on the belief that God is bigger than any problem and is present right now and in the middle of it. Uh, here at church this year coming, uh, we have plenty to thank God for. Um, looking at the dates that are going to come up uh, when Josh talks about things uh, that are coming up in notices, um, there are so many things that we can be thankful to God for, uh, irrespective of COVID's impact on, on what we're doing. The second point I want to make is that ingratitude grieves the heart of God. Um, I think we can all sense the disappointment in Jesus' words in verses 17 and 18. There shouldn't be any doubt that when we are unthankful, it grieves the Lord. Uh, He gave all of himself for us and it is right that we thank him. Just when we feel slighted, when we go out of our way to help people, uh, to give of ourselves and there is no acknowledgement. But there is a difference between being healed and being made whole. Jesus says, stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Uh, He says that to that one leper that comes back uh, to give him the thanks that he deserves. Ten were healed, but only one was made well, which is far more important than being healed. This is really important. The point made here is that unless gratitude is a part of our nature, we can't be whole as disciples of Jesus. The other nine lepers were merely healed of their physical affliction, They wanted to be free from their disease, sure. But if ingratitude is more deadly than leprosy, they were in worse shape than before. Let me read that again. If gratitude is more deadly than leprosy, they were in worse shape than before. Only one came back and was made well. He was made whole. Friends, this is the example that we need to follow. We need the attitude of this one man, this leper. Thankfulness to our God needs to be one of the things 
that defines us as disciples of Jesus, as individuals and as a church family here this year. So, have we been made whole? And how thankful to God are we really? Let me finish in prayer. Father, thank you uh, again for all of the wonderful good things that you give us, uh, our families, our friends, uh, our jobs, all, all of these things. Lord, we ask that this year uh, we might be a church that is defined by thankfulness, that is made whole um, by thankfulness uh, as we continue as disciples of your Son, our Lord Jesus. Amen.